Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Carrie Renee Fuller. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, today's guest made her Broadway debut as an understudy and ensemble member and waitress in 2018 and most recently could be seen belting out memory as Grizabella on the national tour of Cats. She also recently just got cast as a swing in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway before shutdown. Please welcome Carrie Renee Fuller. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You know, living our best lives yeah. here in New York. <sighs> yep, yeah, the quarantine life. Yes, it's a it is a life, let me tell you. <sighs> it's insane. How is New York? Cuz I know it was it was at the beginning it was a little rough but i've heard it's gotten a lot better i personally i was so 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 lucky and so blessed that i didn't other than like the population of new yorkers being just less naturally because we're we're all being very you know trying to be very smart but like i have not really noticed much of a difference to be completely honest with you like Obviously, some of my favorite restaurants were closed or like just temporarily closed. Um, but I feel badly saying it, but I mean, I feel like New York still retained a lot of its New York magic for me personally. But I also am so blessed and have not had to deal with like the same tragedy that people have. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's a, it's a little, it, it, this time is kind of a downer for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, we're, absolutely. We're all doing the best we can, I guess. But sure, I'm glad you we can do, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad you could join to talk about uh, your yeah. theater career with me. Oh my goodness, it's such a pleasure. I'm so, I'm so sorry about last week. I, goodness. All good. But here we are, yay, yes. <laughs> finally. And if my internet freezes a little, let me know, because I don't know what's going on with my internet today, but... It is tech. Technology has been overloaded lately, I feel. Yep. It's uh, crazy. And we rely on it so much. Absolutely, we do. Yes. So, first of all, getting right into questions, first of all... Have you always known that you wanted to be a theater performer? And when was the first time you like realized that it was something you could do with your life? Yeah, um, I actually have not always wanted to be a theater performer. I thought for my life, I thought that I was just gonna be a vocalist. Um, I've been singing my entire life, uh, like just randomly. My parents put me in voice lessons as a young girl. Um, and I thought that I was just gonna be like a recording artist or whatever. And um, still working on that, but you know, yeah. uh, I had never, theater did not cross my mind until in middle school. Like, I think, I don't even remember what grade I was in, honestly, Becca. Um, but my mom brought me a audition notice for a community theater production of Annie Jr. Oh. <laughs> and I auditioned, I was like, sure, why not? Like, it, it'll be fun, like I'll sing. And you know how like when you audition, you normally choose a song to audition with that's like appropriate for the show. Yeah, yeah. I go in with a CD track of What a Feeling from Flashdance. What a feeling, I feel the I love that so not, much. 
not at all appropriate for Annie, but I got cast <laughs> amazingly so. And I was in the ensemble and I understudied Annie and I was so serious about this whole understudy gig. So serious about it. Um, I learned everything backwards and forwards and that's really great that I did because she actually ended up getting strep throat and I went on for like three performances. Wait, <laughs> how old were you at the time? I was in middle school. I was a youngin. So you learned about understudying early on. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of community theaters that I grew up working at, they didn't really do understudies. And let me tell you, the Lord was manifesting something when he had when he had that director be like, you know what, we should probably cast an understudy just in case, you never know. Um, yeah. Because it really paid off, it really paid off. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh, this is, a, this is passion. This is what it feels like. This is what love feels like. Yes. And Annie's such a great show to introduce you to theater. It really was. It's like you got some power ballads. You got you've got a yes. little girl carrying a show. It's just like Oliver. It's amazing. What's your favorite yeah. Annie song? Oh my gosh, maybe for sure. Not okay. tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe was like I was like, oh, this is acting. I get to act. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I think. Yeah, that show got me into loving theater. Yes. Uh, I can relate. <laughs> and then here's to Annie, Annie Jr. At yes. That. I don't have a coffee cup, but I did have one like 10 minutes Imaginary. ago. But we'll pretend. We'll pretend. And do you remember what the first show you ever saw was? Like as an audience member? First professional show was Wicked on tour throughout. Oh. Yeah, I grew up in Oklahoma and we have a great touring house, which we actually toured through when I was going, when I was on the road with cats, which was really special to be back, to be back there, but I'm sure we'll cover that later. Um, yeah, it, it was wicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to play Alphaba. Nowadays, don't feel so much that same way. Really? <laughs> yeah, strangely enough, she's not a bucket list. I, I so like, that role is so challenging. I yeah. respect every single woman that has ever played it. I just am not sure that I would like to do that before I die. You know, I feel like there, oh. are, other, I feel like there are other roles and something I never thought I would say, Rebecca, something I never thought that I would say. Yeah. I mean, that, that's shocking, but at the same time, like, I get it. I totally get it. But I still have to ask, who is the, who did you see on the tour? I honestly do not know. <laughs> You're like, well, let me see if I find my Playbill anywhere. I really do not know. I will have to, I'll have to ask. I'm sure my mom has that Playbill somewhere. So I'll have to <laughs> look. Because I would be interested as well to know. Yeah. Like, who, who did I first see? What year was it? Oh, my you gosh. Know? I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade, I think. So, oh, my gosh. That was, if I graduated high school and, oh, my gosh. It was, like, 2000 and, like, seven or eight something six seven. <laughs> math is not my strong suit yeah math isn't my strong thing either so yeah it was sometime around there hey but look it's a good first professional show it, i know right it was such a, i mean it was magical it was magical and i was like this is the caliber at which i wish to perform yeah. and everything that i've done since then since seeing that show i've it's always been a common goal of like i want to be fantastic at my craft no matter what you know where i'm working 
on Broadway, off Broadway, regionally, anywhere, anywhere, truly. And you mentioned Oklahoma and growing up in Oklahoma. Yes. And I might be wrong because I've never lived there. My sisters go to school at OU, but oh, love, um, love. Yeah, my, yeah, my sisters are at school there, but I don't think Oklahoma is particularly known for theater. No, no, we're not. Well, because the thing is, is that we have like the theater community when I, and I can only speak um, about the theater community when I was there. Um, it was small, but mighty. There was, it was, um, we had a handful of really great community theaters, um, a couple regional theaters, and then a lot of collegiate work. Um, and I mean, it's, it's nowhere like, we don't have, it's nowhere like New York, obviously. It's nowhere like Chicago, but I mean, it's for Oklahoma City, for it being a small metro, it's actually really great. I'm really proud of you know, all of the theaters there and all the work they're doing because they're in Oklahoma, the arts are um, not prioritized that much because, you know, yeah. there's football. Yes, Fo yeah, <laughs> football is a big thing down, down in the South. <laughs> yes. So for anyone who's living in a town where, or a city where theater isn't, yeah. like, where theater isn't a big thing, like in Oklahoma, Right. What, how would you suggest that they get involved in theater in their city if they want to? Honestly, work at any theater you can. As long as you feel safe working there, work there. And honestly, do shows that are, you know, free to produce yourself. Like, I was, when I was in high school, my friend and I directed, co-directed um, A Winter's Tale. It's a Shakespeare oh. production, and we just did it in our high school. Like, extracurricularly, it was not associated with school. Um, and we just got like a handful of our friends to be the actors and we invited people. We didn't even sell tickets. Um, but I, you can always do things like that. And then there's uh, obviously any community theaters that are around. I obviously recommend to take classes there or do shows. I even if, either if it's like, if it's not even the most amazing theatrical experience ever, it's still working on something. You know, yeah, I'm getting the experience. Yeah, I just, I feel very strongly that like any creative outlet that you can have or that is available to you that you should, you should take advantage of and you should use it to your, to your uh, positive, uh, what am I saying? You should use it to your, <laughs> what's the word I'm thinking of? Use it to your advantage. Yeah. Advantage. Use it to your advantage. Wow. Wow. And you I can still really put it on your resume. Yeah, absolutely. It's experience. Yeah. And it's still impressive, and it's impressive when you self when you're a self starter too, especially. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's very fulfilling to direct something and you know choreograph something yourself. It's it's stretches you, it stretches you in a way that you don't really get when you are um, solely a performer in the production. Yeah, it's something a lot of performers probably don't get the experience right. of if they if they have strong theater programs in their high school. Agreed. Agreed. So then uh, you went to college for theater. Yes, yes, I did. And how was your experience in college uh, in majoring in theater? I had an amazing four years. I went to Baldwin Wallace in Berea, Ohio, and it was just a phenomenal four years. I, it was a hard four years. Um, 
I went through a lot of heartbreak in those four years, not like romantic heartbreak, but just heartbreak, like learning about who I am as Carrie on my own, independent, learning who I am as a performer, learning who I am as uh, an independent person. Um, When you move away from home, college is hard for anyone, no matter how close you are to the proximity of your home or far away. It's hard for everyone to adjust, I feel. Um, And so moving across the country was also hard because, you know, I didn't get to go home for holidays all the time. Um, And, you know, you kind of, you really have to learn to stand on your own two feet. Plus you're being stretched in a way that you've never been stretched before academically. Like I was taking liberal arts courses, but I was also in a conservatory style training. So I would be taking these super advanced classes um, just because that's the standard at which they set the, the bar for their students. Um, I failed a couple classes, which I had never done before. Straight A student growing up. I had failed. That was really hard for me. Um, Failed a couple classes. um, (laughs) Learned how many classes were too many to take in one semester. Um, Doing shows every single semester, doing shows every single summer. Like I, there was never downtime ever, ever, ever. And so I learned a lot about my work ethic, about my productivity, um, about my tendency to procrastinate, put things off. Um, but it was an amazing four years. I learned so much from my peers, my teachers, my experiences, everything college is supposed to be. And theater programs, from what I've heard, the, the most people are, say that theater programs are highly competitive. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really feel that. I, I really did feel like we supported each other. There was obviously natural competition, um, but that's also a maturity thing. Like we're in college and we think that, oh, this girl is the same type as me. So we can't be friends because we'll be in competition for roles with each other. That'll put so much stress on our relationship. And now here I am in New York city with like a population of some of the most talented humans on the face of the earth. I don't, I don't feel that sense of competition. I feel like it's there. It's obviously there, but I don't prescribe to it. Um, so it's just, it's very different. I thought that out, out of college, moving here, that all of the negative immature things that I experienced in college would transfer over, but really all we're doing, we're all just trying to do work. We're all yeah. just trying to work. And when you sit back and you realize, hey, girl that's going in for alphabet same as me, we just want, we're just two girls who want to book a role. We just want to you have a lot more in common than you think you do. So while there is competition present, it does not affect me in the same way that it used to. And kind of going off that, uh, do you have advice before we get into your theater post-college, do you have advice for people who are starting to audition for shows in big cities like New York, maybe LA, I don't know. It is the most cliche, like you're gonna laugh because it's the most cliche thing on the face of the planet, but it is the most useful information I have learned in my 27 years of life. And it is, it's kind of like a, it's a handful of things. So can I like say three things? Yeah, for Um, sure. Do not compare yourself to other people. It doesn't work, it's not helpful. It just steals your joy. Um, And you're not, you don't do the work that you, 
the caliber of work that you are you're able to do that you have this huge potential for creativity and when you're spending so many brain waves comparing yourself to other people it takes away from what you can accomplish and also it's just not it's just toxic for the mind and heart and friendships and um, secondly, career, like success, um, in your career is not linear. So it kind of tags onto comparison of like, I did not book Broadway right out of college. Like some of my other college, you know, ca uh, classmates, I didn't book right away, but I've been successful in my years yeah. here. And it's also like, what do you define as success? Like, when you are constantly like, okay, I'm 23 years old. Here's another Broadway performer who's also 23 years old. So like, why am I not where she is? Or why am I not where he is in his career? It, success is not linear. I always use Alan Rickman as an example because I read that like he didn't really hit his successful stint until his like mid forties, early to mid forties. And then he never stopped working. So like define what your success is and chase that. Don't chase other people's careers. Because just because somebody's light is super bright at the moment, at this moment in time, does not make your light any, any less radiant or any more dim. You're just as bright. It's just not your time yet. And that's okay. There are other things you can do. Pick up an instrument. Write a song. Yeah. Paint something. <laughs> just anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> I, that's fantastic advice and especially the not compare yourself to others because in any career path you compare yourself to others it's like a natural instinct to oh have. absolutely and that's the thing so that, even though I say this I still do it every now and then yeah. I, st I still am hypocritical at times um but there's only one thing that you can do to be successful and that is always continue your training and always be authentic those yes. are literally the only things you have in your control nothing else and so I love that those things. <laughs> I love that you brought Alan Rutman into that because he's like, he was like God fear. I I miss him. I, mean, I miss him. <laughs> and then you mentioned not getting Broadway the second you got out of college, but you did a lot of regional shows around. Uh, what was you did a lot of like big name regional shows, which is impressive, and played a lot of good roles. So what was your favorite role and regional show to be in? Um, regionally, I have to say, it was actually a show that I did um, in my junior year of college. And it was Murder Ballad. I played Sarah in Murder Ballad. And not only is the show just like super sexy, super gritty and raw, the, all four, all four actors, there's only four actors and they're on stage the entire time. And the music is super fun. It's entirely sung through, um, no intermission. And you, if the story is unreal, if you've not listened to it, go on Spotify, you can listen to the entire thing. Um, and we did it. It was my first major immersive theater experience. So it was in a big black box in downtown Cleveland. And 
we had obviously perimeter seating and then we had the band and then throughout the middle we had like the bar which was a prop a set piece that we would climb on top of and then we would have tables spattered throughout the middle stage portion that people would sit at audience members would sit at and we would get we were like you can't sit in this chair because we use that as a prop and then we would jump on tables and we would be so so close to these audience members and pouring them drinks and dancing on a pool table and like it was just such a it was a blank slate and i had never really experienced that before it was my true first experimental theater project um so that was probably my favorite regional production uh that i got to do lizzie borden freshman year of college was yeah. also pretty unreal as well like i'm still good friends with some of those writers too and seeing how that has progressed and all of the different um carnations of that show is I'm, it's so special it's such a special show i've been really lucky in the shows that i've gotten to do i there's not really a show that i look back on and i was like oh why did i do that you know how some people yeah. have those experiences i'm very lucky i didn't have maybe susical i love the show i love the show i think it's a beautiful show but yeah maybe susical for me is the only like <laughs> that I was like I probably wouldn't do that again <laughs> well going off going off doing a show that you've done regionally again if you could pick one of the shows that you've done regionally one or two of the shows that you've done regionally to do again maybe on in like a Broadway setting what shows do you think it would oh be? murder ballad for sure for sure that show <laughs> is very special to me oh I would love to see that it would be so fun. I'm, hey, everyone, please, please mount a revival of Murph Salad Off-Broadway. Manifesting that one. <laughs> yes, let's make it happen. And then in 2018, hmm. you got Waitress. Good. And that was your Broadway debut, yeah? Yes, it was unreal. So what was your audition experience for that like? And... What was your reaction when you heard that you were going to be part of the, that show? What's really funny about that, Becca, is that I have been, I had auditioned for that show since 2014. I had been auditioning for that show for, since 2014. I was auditioning for the ART production while I was still in school. And I was, I went into that show, I kid you not, about eight or nine times before booking it. So they remembered you. Eight or nine times. Yeah. And um, I remember the last time that I, my final time of audition, auditioning for that show was for the tour in 2017. And I went, that was the same year that I did Hunchback and A Midsummer Night's Dream in, in Idaho. So I auditioned for that in May. I went about my year, did my life. And at the beginning of 2018, my agent calls me and he's like, do you want to be on Broadway? And I was like, uh, obviously, obviously, what's happening? what's happening? He's like, waitress called and they need a vacation cover beginning like in three, four weeks. I was like, this is how? I was like, do I need to audition? Like, what do I need to go back in? They're like, no, you're, you're good. You're, you just signed the contract. And I was like, that's how it happened. Wow. So it was, it was kind of random. It was like, you weren't expecting it. Was it was a year later. I was not expecting to ever be in that show. 
to be quite real with you. After going in nine times and not booking it, I was like, well, if I've not booked it now, I'm never going to book it. Yeah. I was in it for six months. I was going to say, did did you uh, stay longer than planned or? I did. I did. I was initially only going to cover one track, um, one uh, vacation rather. Um, And then while I was there, a leave of absence uh, of a castmate got approved. And so they were like, do you just want to come back? You already know the ensemble stuff. It's just a different track in the ensemble. And I was like, absolutely. I was like, I still understudy Jenna. And they're like, yeah, never went on as Jenna, but it was nice to rehearse as Jenna. It was nice to learn the material. How, how was the rehearsal process like in learning an iconic role like Jenna? It was so hard. It was so hard. I never actually got there. Like in my and months of rehearsal, I never actually got there because she is on stage 98% of the time. Yeah. She works with so many props and also working with props in a rehearsal studio. Um, sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> working with <laughs> props okay. in a rehearsal studio versus working with props on stage and not actually having a full cast to work with and do scenes with it's kind of like shell shock when you go on stage and you have your cast so the amount of respect that i have for swings in any production not just a broadway production but in any production where they're learning these shows with a stage manager a music uh an, an assistant music director and like just random props that they find like i don't know how they do it i it's mad respect i it's an, it's unreal what their brains can do, what they are capable of. Yeah. Yep. That's why I always three tracks. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I always always say that understudies and swings are like the MVPs of shows. They are. They really are. Yeah. Because they have to learn so much and memorize so much, and I'm like, how? Keep it all in their brains and. Then there's also split tracks that I would watch my cast members go through. And we had split tracks in Cats as well, which was just, I don't yeah. know how brains did not implode. Yeah, Cats is a I was like, do you need anything from me? I'm only on stage for 20 minutes. What can I do? It's <laughs> hard. Yeah. Like, what do you need? <laughs> what do you want me to do on stage for you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you remember the day you made your Broadway debut? What it was like? Oh yeah. I I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I mean, I knew what I was doing, but I was very nervous. I remember walking on stage and doing this choreography, which is just, it's so pedestrian and so authentic and so beautiful and so born out of the breath that I just remember not being able to sing my part because I was so happy and I could not believe that I was on a Broadway. It still makes me emotional thinking about it because everything I had ever worked for, I had accomplished. I mean, now I have, now I have different goals. Now I have more goals in my life. But like at that moment in time, I was on a Broadway stage doing what I love to do in a show that I loved with people that I loved. And that's all that mattered. I was thinking, what's inside? (laughs) I was, it was, it was was rough, but it was beautiful. And the support of everyone on and off stage, unparalleled. Yeah. Truly. The audience members are going, 
Why she, why she cry? <laughs> she okay? hopefully, hopefully they didn't notice, but you know, who knows? <laughs> she, the, audience is, uh, the audience is quite receptive. I don't think that they um, are. I don't think we give them enough credit, especially for especially for waitress. They're they're there are people that say that like fifty eight times. Yeah, yeah, they know it like they know it inside. They probably honestly knew it better than I did at the time. <laughs> what what was your favorite thing about overall experience about working in waitress while you got to be there um well doing the jenna material on stage for the first time was pretty impeccable i remember singing um she used to be mine for the first time on stage and it was an empty it was empty like no one was there um but it was it was unbelievable. Same with what baking can do. But on stage eight times a week, my favorite thing to do was take it from an old man. Ooh. But it's, oh, it's okay. beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. So I, it was like I, my favorite choreography. It was my favorite harmonies. It was just pure love. Yes. I really would love to see you back like in the role of Jenna one day and as you a lead. Me both my dear you and me both I still got that script so my you know I can be off book uh yeah. in 48 hours <laughs> but, but okay we can just put on a show in like my front yard zoom show <laughs> my like my front yard or something I don't know yeah zoom, zoom we'll arrange this perfect <laughs> great 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 <laughs> Date to be determined. <laughs> we'll let everyone know. <laughs> and then, uh, then in 2019, you got the national tour of Cats, obviously. I did. Had you seen Cats previously on stage? Only the movie, never on stage. Oh. Only the film. I grew up with the VHS. But did you, like, know the music really well? Had you, like, sung the music or no? No? Never? Oh! Just, that's all I knew. And obviously I knew memory, but never. I didn't know, like, peaks and follicles. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. or whatever. I mean, I, I grew up watching the movie, so I was familiar enough with it. So when we were in music rehearsals, I was like, oh, I recognize this but never, never like sang all of, I still to this day don't remember the lyrics to most of the songs in that show. And I heard it eight times a week for a year. There, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of lyrics. To, a lot of lyrics. A it, lot of lyrics. Yeah. Cause it's mostly, it's either singing or dancing mm -hmm. the entire show. Yep. So exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what was your audition process like for Cats? And when Cats did you book it? Cats was honestly, I went in the fall of 2018. Um, it was actually a pretty typical audition experience. It was initial call. Um, I And honestly, I was like, there's no way that they're, I was 25 at the time. I was like, there's no way that they're going to cast a 25 year old in the role of Grizabella. There's no way. So honestly, I went in, of course, knowing my material backwards and forwards but and knew that I could sing it um yeah. 
but I didn't really put much stock into like, oh, I'm going to book this. You know what I mean? And I honestly think that helped me. <laughs> I think that, I think that gave me a little bit of an advantage because I was not trying to do anything in particular. I just did what I thought the role called for. Um, I got a call back. Um, and then I got another callback, worked with Andy. Uh, and then I think there was one more, one more callback. And then I had a work session with Kristen Blodgett, just my heart and soul. I love that woman so much. Um, and I found out that I booked the role. And then we started rehearsals in December. And were you, you were saying that you were only 25 at the time yeah. and you didn't think that you would get the role as a 25 year old? Oh. I was like, they've always, they've always cast this show old, like this role older. Um, they started going younger when they, you know, revived it on both on the West End and um, on Broadway, they went a little younger. So I figured maybe I have a chance, but I didn't really put much stock into it because I was by far like the youngest in for the role in the auditions. Do you know if you were the youngest to ever play the part? Someone looked it up and I feel like Ruthie Henshaw was a little younger than me or the same age. I can't remember, but I think I was, I was definitely in the youngest three. That's impressive. Yeah. Like at least professionally, I, there, I'm sure there's, yeah. there's obviously been community theater productions yeah. like regional. So I'm not sure, but on, on the professional caliber uh yeah I think I was like in the bottom three youngest I guess yeah that's really impressive that says a lot well it was cool I Cats is such a funny show because it's such a such a taboo show it doesn't really yeah. fit in any any mold at all and so I think that that's why it's so successful um especially with the refreshing that Andy did um with the show and with some of the choreography. I think that, that was super helpful. Um, just like a nice new take on it. Just being, cause what's the point of doing a revival if you're telling the same story in the same way? What's the point? Yeah, There's you gotta modernize it in some way. But yeah, get topical. Yeah. Well, and it, it can be so, it can be such a stunning show too. Yeah. Like the lights, everything. Oh, it was my first time seeing Cats last summer. Oh. And I was, I was honestly stunned. I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did, but <laughs> so it, was, it was phenomenal. And how long in rehearsal process? Cause the dancing is so impressive in that show. And I know, uh, I mean, it's gotta be extremely difficult and take a lot of training to do all yeah. that dancing for all of the, those dancers. But how long did it take to, for everything to come together dance wise and well, we were in the studio for a little less than one month we had um we started rehearsals on i think it was december 8th and we rehearsed six days a week um minus the holiday week of you know christmas and new year's um and then we left on january 11th and we had one week of tech in providence and we performed for a week and that was off to the races. I mean, luckily, not luckily, I mean, it was lucky because there were ways that you can, our cast was able to solidify it more and more and more. Um, but we would have rehearsals during tour once we started teaching our swings, all of their tracks and getting them put in. Uh, there was rehearsals all the time. I don't know how my castmates did it. Their bodies and spirits, I'm sure, were just completely exhausted for an entire year. 
Um, I was very lucky. I didn't really have many rehearsals. I was very lucky. So I was, I got to experience some cities, but the all in all rehearsal process in a studio before we left was a little less than four weeks. Wow, that's impressive because it's so intricate and yeah. difficult. Right. I mean, the audition that I heard from my castmates for them was like a boot camp situation. So they would go and they did, it was like a two week long process. There was like the initial call where they learned some things and they learned the material from the show. Um, so they did know a bit of it through like when they came into rehearsals yeah. where they were familiar. Um, but you know, it's a very different thing learning in an audition and learning it for the mounting of, an, of a show. Yeah, and some things might've maybe changed up between absolutely or they might have been dancing a role that you know they are not in yeah they might be an entirely different role than what That's they like so true. Yeah. do you have a favorite scene in cats besides we're, we'll get into grisabella later but do you have a favorite scene in cats to watch i loved the ball i i loved standing off stage i would stand off stage and watch the entire ball and just <laughs> watching my castmates do what they loved to do and with such athleticism, with such grace, with such positivity and heart and soul and passion. It was so inspiring. It was so inspiring. I still think about it to this day. Yeah, they were phenomenal. So good. And, and then uh, you were obviously Grisabella and, and Cats has been around since for like forever, since like 1980s. <laughs> yeah. So it's such an iconic role in musical theater that everyone loves if they're a musical theater fan. How did you go about making the role your own and like putting your own spin on it? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it goes back to the advice I gave earlier. I just like didn't compare myself to the women that had played it before me because they all had very specific visions of who Grisabella was and that role deserves my vision as well. Like if every woman who plays that role, it deserves their individual unique experience. And so I wasn't trying to sound like Elaine Page. I wasn't trying to sound like Mamie Paris. I wasn't trying to sound like Betty Buckley. I wasn't trying to sound like anyone. I was just, okay, this is the story that I want to tell. This is how I tell the story. And whatever comes out, comes out. Because sadness and longing and yearning might sound different show to show with the same actor performing. Yeah. I. I always, you know, I feel like memory got into a groove, of course, after, you know, doing it for, I think I sang it over 450 times, but actually maybe more than that. I have it in my notebook. Um, <laughs> like marking it down every day. Yeah, I seriously was like, well, I wonder how many times I sang that song. Um, but it was never the same exact song every single night. It was always different because whatever had happened to me in that day, you ha you bring that to the stage or, you know, as, as long as you're doing something, doing a role, performing with integrity uh, and authenticity, like it's going to kind of shift. It's going to change shape every time. And I think that's the, also the beauty of live theater as well. Yes, for sure. And memory is such a hard song to sing night after night <laughs> as you, and like over 400 times, 450 times at least, like that's impressive. So how did you keep your voice healthy 
and like keep up the stamina to be able to sing it that well every night. I would love, I would love to say that I had some like sort of trick, but honestly, sleep, I slept. I was very intentional about any extracurricular activities I would do, any extracurricular, extracurricular socializing I would do. Um, I would be on vocal rest for a while, depending on like, cause there were days that I would have to sing the song so many times because I will have had press that day or whatever, or we will have had a sound check and then I'll have a two show day. Um, figuring out my body and how it uh, reacted to the different cities that we went to was huge for me, allergy wise. Um, lots of water, but I, I don't really have that much of a trick. Uh, I wish that there was like a fix all tip, but I think just, I learned how to listen to my body. It was the longest running show I've ever done. Um, it was the longest amount of time that I had ever sustained this, our particular role and song. Um, and it, you're right. It is a very, it's very demanding. It's very demanding emotionally, vocally, um, from an acting standpoint, it's just, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. You have a lot of offstage time, but like the time that you're on stage, it's 158 million percent. And if you give anything less, you're not doing it justice. Yeah. Cause, it, cause of course it is like a role that's like yeah. been around. But you would be surprised. Like you, there were times that I would feel a little under the weather and I would, I would tell my friends, I'm like, I don't know, like, do I need to call out? Like, what do I, I ended up only calling out like three times and then had like two, two, uh, stints away, like one weekend. And then one, I, I think it was under, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter how many times I didn't do the show, but I, I all say that all because you would be amazed at what your instrument is capable of. When you think that your instrument's a goner, it's just beginning. Yeah. It's just, it is so resilient. It is so resilient. And if you have spent the time getting to know your instrument and training it, then you would be shocked at what it can withstand. And you mentioned two show days. Mm -hmm. um, and you also have like five show weekends, basically, some most, yeah. most weekends. So what, what's the hardest part about two show days back to back? Uh, the in-between. The in-between where you're tired and you realize that you have a second show, that's the hardest part. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not done today. I still have to, you have to recuperate as much as you can, but you can't recuperate too much or else you're going to like walk the line of being too, uh, too rested. Um, yeah. And then it's hard to get that momentum back. Uh, adrenaline is very useful in those, in those uh, circumstances. Like the audience reaction from after the show, it's like, keep that uh, with you. Yeah, you just have to remember how grateful you are. It sounds so cliche to say that gratitude really is the pulse of what we do as artists, but that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And then what was your favorite part about touring? Oh, seeing, seeing the country. It was so cool. I, I love road trips and I love... I love traveling and experiencing new cities and people and coffee shops. <laughs> um, so that was, it was like a vacation, a paid vacation, really. I mean, 
it was very demanding, but luckily I was able to see a lot of every city that we went to. So I was, I was in the minority of people who got to enjoy the traveling aspect of tour, but I did, I did. I enjoyed it for, you know, a lot of people. I was like, I'll enjoy it enough for you. <laughs> oh, and I can't miss this question. How long, cause makeup takes a while to get on. How long did it take to put on the Grizzabella makeup and like get in costume for the show? So we were called an hour prior to the show. Um, so I would start my, I would put my hair in wig prep. That would take five minutes. Um, and then I would do my makeup, which would take around 30 to 40 minutes, depending on how leisurely I'm doing it. Because I actually danced in the opening number as a different cat. So I didn't actually have the quintessential Grizabella makeup on yet. I had the base. And then after the opening number, I ran back to my dressing room, changed into Grizabella, added the scar, the teardrops, the lip smudge, and then changed wigs, obviously. Um, and that was, that was, that took about, I think I had 11 minutes in that change, which was actually plenty of time, but that it would take a while it got faster as i did the show i just got used to it it was muscle memory at that point but it was a good 30 45 minutes of just makeup at the top of the show i'm pretty that's definitely longer than alpha yeah well and you're doing it yourself too that's insane like you're putting all like every cast member did their own makeup every every day do they teach you before yeah we did have we had tutorials Oh my gosh, that's yes. insane, because y'all, wow. I know. Like, not everyone is, is naturally gifted to put makeup on their face. It's tough. It was tough to learn, um, I, and I am just through and through perfectionist, so I was like, oh my gosh, I have to redo this line. It's not perfect. Yeah. I have to redo this, like, whisker pour. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But it all, it all looked amazing. It all came together so well. And we all looked, I remember seeing everybody in full cat for the first time in rehearsal. I was like, wait, who are you? Who are you? Do you know me? know you? Hey, and now, now you can uh, do your makeup and stuff for Halloween every year. Ah, I feel so confident in the cat makeup. I feel so confident. Yes, I'm gonna need some help with makeup in the future. I got you. I got you. I'll be like, I know who to call. <laughs> I know who to call. How are you alike and different from Grizabella? Oh, uh, I am like Grizabella in that she is extremely resilient. She's um, a tenacious character. Um, and she doesn't really, she doesn't give up easily. Um, she's stubborn. I'm like her in that way. Um, she's a little bit proud. Uh, I've learned how to be less proud as far as like ego goes. Um, I feel like that's something that you learn more and more as you grow up. Um, but I've also learned that she has just such a pure, she has a pure heart and a, she, she wants to just be loved and loved and love other people, um, other cats, I guess. Um, so I feel like there's there the core and essence of who Grizabella is. I feel like I'm very much like her. I'm not like her in that I'm just now getting into my prime of life and she's exiting hers. Um, I would like to become less proud, 
like she like I, I would like to stray from her a bit in that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like she's she's fascinating. She's a fascinating character. So I, I'm glad that I'm a little more like her than different from her. <laughs> Did you have any routine to like get in the Grizabella mood? No, I didn't really. I would be off stage and I would close my eyes and I would think about what am I doing? What am I doing? What When I get on stage, what do I need to accomplish? And that's what I would think about. I would go, I would enter the white room in my brain and I would go through with extreme precision every single movement, every single note, everything. Just with such attention to detail and it just naturally, it naturally, fell into place every time. Now you're swinging dragon. Yes. When did you get that? <laughs> I booked that literally right before COVID. I, we were in rehearsals. Ugh. I We were learning all the choreography on stage and our stage manager comes in and was like, so you can finish out the day, but uh, Broadway's going to be taking a break. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> No. I mean, I totally, I, we have to keep everybody safe and obviously like it's what we yeah. needed to do, but yeah, I don't know if I'll be going back to the show. I don't know if they'll need me anymore. I don't know. It's all very, oh. but hopefully, hopefully crossing our fingers. I would love to be a part of that show. I really would. Yeah. It, it, I, I, just learning music and some choreography, you know, you obviously have a lot of dance experience, which I haven't talked about much. So when did you start dancing and what genre of dance was your, is your favorite? Oh my gosh. I started dancing at, right after Annie. So I started dancing in, in middle school. Um, I didn't grow up dancing. And so the, the flexibility was not there right off the bat. So ballet was very hard for me. Um, I just didn't have technique. I didn't have natural inclination. Um, ballet was hard. I ended up taking ballet forever and then got into point. So like I got there eventually. Um, jazz was like my first, uh, jazz, hip hop. Those are like my first three genres. And then when I went to high school, I um, was a dance minor. And so I was a drama major dance minor. I went to performing arts high school. Um, but when I got to high school, I incorporated a lot more uh, modern. My dance teachers were impeccable modern instructors. And that's where I found my love for like modern and contemporary dance. Um, I felt like it was much more grounded uh, than it was all about getting into the floor. And I connected with that so much more. My body type just naturally moved more in very angular ways. Um, so I didn't look as gangly or awkward as when I did in ballet, you know. Um, and yeah, I, then I got into tap. I loved tap. I still do. Um, I'm decent. Uh, hip hop took, a, it's, it still takes a lot of courage for me to go to a hip hop class because I, it's not natural. It does not come naturally to me. Um, I've got to work at something. Yeah. I've got to work at a combination, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I've always loved dancing in any form, in any form. I've even dabbled in like and like pole dancing, which is super fun. Super Ooh, athletic. I've heard. Super athletic. And it's not even like sexual. Like, honestly, it's not. It's so, it takes so much strength and agility. Yeah. 
So that was fun too. Who knows if I ever get back into dance classes, maybe I'll do more of that and aerials or whatever. I'm very open. I'm just so open to learning so many things that I don't really pocket myself into a category. Yeah. Yeah. Why do that? Because then it takes away from like, it, it stops you from believing in yourself if you put yourself in a category. Right. And I mean, like, obviously when I was in, when I was dancing in the opening number in Cats, it was more technique oriented. So I would, I would, when I would warm up or whatever, it would be all technique oriented. It would be bar. It would be like a ballet bar that I would do before the show. Um, So I kind of have been lucky enough to kind of cater whatever I'm doing to whatever I'm actually working in at the time. And it's enough to be a refresher and I don't necessarily believe in the jack of all trades, master of none mentality. I feel like I learn what I need to learn when I need to learn it. Yep. And then I, and I practice everything else that I love to do on the side. Love that. And um, also, I think that like you saying that you didn't get into dance really until middle school, yeah. it gives hope for people who are like, okay, I'm going to be on Broadway and sing, but, like, I want dance experience, too, and I haven't done dance. I mean, some of my impeccable cast members and cats, like, impeccable dancers, didn't even start until, like, high school. I kid you not. Like, some of my favorite dancers on the show didn't start until high school. The the natural talent. It's not about, to me, it is not about always, and this is obviously there are exceptions to the rule, but it is not about a duration. It's about a commitment to what you're learning. So like I could be in dance class from the time I was birthed out of the womb and not been dedicated or committed to it. And so therefore like walked my way through it and still not have ended up a good dancer. Yes. And, and then uh, you mentioned you might not go back to Jagged or you don't know if you're going back to Jagged. No idea. But have you seen the show yet? And if so, what are you most looking for? What scene in Jagged are you most looking forward to performing in? Unprodigal Daughter is so fun. All I really want is so fun. Um, it's just so guttural. It's so guttural. Um, and the big ensemble numbers just look so cool. They look so cool and intricate. There's so much going on at all times that those are probably the ones that I'm really looking forward to. I really also love Forgiven as well. I've heard pretty amazing. Uh, I want to see it so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Broadway to come back soon. (laughs) I know it's, it's a, it is a, it's a beautiful show. It's a very very special and unique show. One of my friends has been a fan of it since way back when. Yeah. And I'm, and she's, been talking about how beautiful. I mean, it's Alanis Morissette. How how are you not? (laughs) Yes. And I've heard very emotional too. So like, I expect going to see it and like sitting in the audience sobbing probably. So it's so different. The thing that is so amazing about it is that it does not impact every audience member the same. I mean, no show does, but I mean like the things that in, in Jagged Little Pill specifically, the subject matter, people cling on to certain aspects of the story and give that more weight or whatever. So it's, it's a very different experience depending on who you are. Yes. And then um, going into more like a little more random questions. Uh, yeah. Who inspires you in the theater world? Oh 
You can name more than one person. I actually, this is, this is going to sound so weird, but I actually don't have like a role model. Oh, I okay. really, like I grew up emulating people like Linda Etter, Idina, Celine. I grew up emulating people and I appreciate so much of the work that is being done on Broadway and in the theater industry, but I have done so much personal work to get myself out of the insidious cycle of comparing myself to people that I don't really, I draw inspiration from every single performer I see. Ensemble member number 28 in the back, like I am yeah. inspired by that person. That I don't, I don't really, um, I don't have a particular person in mind that I, uh, that necessarily inspires me because I feel like there's inspiration to be found in everyone that's doing the work. And there are some people that are quote unquote inspiring that actually are not. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that sounds so catty and awful, but like it is, if you really look at it, if you really look at it, it's true. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Sure. And then, um, what's on your current Broadway bucket list? You mentioned that you mentioned that Alpha isn't a role that's on your bucket list anymore, which which is so funny because like the first time I dreamcast people as Alphaba. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I did when I saw him. I will gladly play that role. I would be so blessed to play that role. And I would not say no to it. I'm just saying that there are other roles that I would love to play more. <laughs> like I would love I would love to be Eurydice in Hades Town. Ooh. I would, yeah, I would love to. Um, I would love to be in Six. Jane Seymour, probably. Yes. My track. Um, oh my gosh, what else is on Broadway? Help. Some Heart of Stone. I would love to hear you sing that. What else is on Broadway? Um. This I'm awful. See, I'm awful. It's on Broadway. Uh, right, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, well, I have been gone for so long that it's I feel like my ultimate like nothing right now is on Broadway, but true, true. I feel like my ultimate dream role is it hasn't been written yet. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds so crazy, but I don't think it's been written yet. It's something you're gonna originate. I would that's my that is my goal in life is to originate a role. That's my goal, yeah. It's something you're going to originate. Every act, I, feel, I feel like every actor, that's their, like, major goal. I mean, listen, I would love to do Sunday in the Park with George. I would love to play Dot. I would love to, like, uh, what else? what else is there? It's so hard for me to – I would also love to do plays. Like, I don't want to be bound just simply to music. I, my roots are in Shakespeare, like, my acting roots. I was an apprentice in Oklahoma at a, at a classical theater company for, like, two years. Oh, so you have a lot, so you have some experience in plays. Yeah, I, I love it. I like straight acting. Yeah. yeah, I would love an opportunity to do that. And you've also, would you do Les Mis? Because I noticed that on your resume again. Would you play? I would, I mean, if I don't look too old to play Eponine again, I would love to, but I feel like I would be more towards, I would be more geared towards the fan team, the fan team track these days. Yeah, I could see that. I dreamed a dream. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think it all just depends on who they cast. And 
Uh, like Cosette Marius. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. yes. I would love to see you in that. That tour was amazing. And okay. then uh, if you could revive any Broadway show, what would it be? The Wild Party by Andrew Lippa. Oh. I would love to play Queenie. I would love to play Queenie. You're like goal. Such an amazing. That's your homework after this. Listen yes. to the listen to the Wild Party by Andrew Lippert. It's okay. so good. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. So grungy and dirty and just amazing. It's amazing. I've it's heard. So I feel like I've heard a lot about it, but I'm probably gonna listen to that today too. I'll I'll, I'll do I'll do the homework. I'll do the homework. Do and it. Then, you won't regret it. Yes. And then um. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on stage in a show? <laughs> I have two. So it wasn't really funny. Perfect. I was actually, I was mortified. It was in Waitress. And you know, during, you saw Waitress, right? Yes. You know, choosing of pie when we all come out with pie and she says, ooh, I want wild, wild berry pie. Yeah. A little wild, wild berry pie. Um, so I was the wild, wild berry pie. And when she, beautiful Stephanie Torns, freaking amazing in that role, um, yeah. she, I was hand, I presented the pie, and it's on a it's on a magnet. And so uh, when she took it, I moved my hand too fast. We just didn't sync up for some reason, and the pie went flying into the audience. <gasps> I was so mortified. I felt horrible. She was such an amazing sport about it. I. Oh, she was, she was incredible because I was back, I was in the back booth, like crying. I was crying <laughs> on a Broadway stage because I felt like I had ruined the show. Oh my God. So there was that. And then there was a time in, we were in McAllen, Texas and with cats and after memory. <laughs> so listen, I don't need applause. I really don't. But when you're used to hearing it after memory for months and months, yes. you finish, look, a new day has begun. And nothing <gasps> happens. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk now. And I was like, bring it on. And I was literally, so we have the receiving line after that. I am crying because I'm holding back my laughter and I'm seeing all of my cast members and we're like, what just happened? What just occurred? Like what just happened? Everybody's laughing. Thank God the music is loud. And then it was just, it was so funny. I mean, there were obviously technical difficulties in cats where like the tire wouldn't work or like I wouldn't fly or whatever, but like that was the funny moment. I still like I didn't know what to do. I it felt like a blip in the universe. One of my cast members was like, I really think that there was a blip in the universe. Yeah. She swears by it. It was so funny. Oh my goodness. We we still laugh about it a year later. Still laugh about it. Was it like some like business bought out in the theater that night? <laughs> no. It was a full house. It was a full I think that they they were so um I think they were so in it that they just so, uh, they didn't, they just didn't know what to do. Maybe it, my, my dance captain was like, Carrie, I think that they were just so tuned into everything that they didn't even, it didn't even occur to them to applaud. Maybe it was, it's like, 
the moment between uh, as long as you're mine and wicked and the end of that scene. Uh, yeah, maybe. People don't know whether to applaud or not because the scene hasn't technically ended. All I know is it was so freaking funny. It was so funny. That's so weird. Uh, Life theater is just like, it's why it's so special because every night so stuff different. like that could happen and it's so, it's different. It was so funny. I still, I, I need to like call people about that today. Yeah. it again. <laughs> well then, going off that, what audience, audiences in a city do you think were the best audiences in the city? No pressure. Kennedy, Kennedy Center was all very a very responsive city um, in Washington, D.C. That was, I mean, not only was it just an amazing theater to perform in, yeah. so beautiful, um, but they were very responsive. Uh, there wasn't like a particular city that was just above, like hands, hands up, just an incredible responsive audience. I think every city had those audiences. Like there would be mid song applause. There would be standing ovations. It all, it was very, it was not specific to one city, but I do remember in Kennedy Center, we, I mean, we were there for three weeks uh, in DC. So we had a good array of audiences. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, I have to ask this question because Cats was just, recently released as a movie in theaters again. So um, if you could pick any movie or musical to make into a movie, what would it be? Oh. Oh, um, I feel like Dogfight would be great. <gasps> Ooh. Film, I feel like that is a very cinematic, it lends itself cinematically very well. Yes. Um, I mean, also The Wild Party. I feel like that would be. <laughs> you like, have, have to bring that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm on The Wild Party train, I, it's really hard for me to get off. <laughs> Make it into a movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have to be done very well. Like, we can't have another Cats situation. Yeah. Yeah. We can't have a Cats situation. Uh, it, those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything about the, the, the Cats, about, like, the reviews it got. Listen, I haven't I, seen it. You haven't seen I it? I haven't watched it. Nope. Listen, it's an experience. It's not, it's not the same show, which is, you know, fine. Yeah. It's really fine. It's fine. It, it's fine. No, message me whenever you watch it. Watch it and then message me. Let me know your thoughts. See, I don't know. I'm scared because I watched like clips online. It's not going to ruin the show for you. It's different enough from the musical that it's not going to ruin it for you. I still love Cats and I hated the movie. Really? Did you like the Les Mis movie? I liked aspects of the Les Mis movie, but no, I didn't. Okay. I tend to not be a fan of movie musicals in general. Yeah, it's hit or miss. It's very yeah, hit or miss. very hit or miss. I'm excited to see West Side Story, though. Yes. I'm very excited to see that. I think it was good casting and the dancing looks good. And, and oh, the heights yeah. look good. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely in the heights. It's going to yeah. be impeccable. That was one of the first Broadway shows I saw. 
Really? American Idiot was my first. I saw, which was so good. I loved it. I loved American Idiot. Um, Memphis in the Heights, Big Fish. It was all on the same trip. Um, not Big, Big Fish was a different trip, sorry. Memphis uh, in the Heights, Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary. What else did we see? Those are the ones I can remember. All good shows, though. All great shows. All great shows. Was that before you moved to New York, or was that? That was when I was in high school. So it was like, okay, I have to live here someday. Yes. Oh, I always knew I was going to live in New York once I started theater. I just hadn't been. I hadn't been to New York until I was in high school, like New York City, that I could actually remember. Um, so that was a, it was a really special trip. What's it like, before I get into the last questions, what's it like being a, like, small town Oklahoma girl? in a huge city like New York City? I feel like I've retained a lot of my like Southern hospitality, Southern kindness, um, because I get made fun of all the time. All of my friends, <laughs> like if we get out of an Uber, I'm like, thank you so much. Like I stay safe, have a good night. I just overdo it, but I, it's because I genuinely mean it. Like I genuinely yeah. want you to get home safe at the end of your night. Like. <laughs> So it's like we were, I was with a friend uh, recently and we saw, we like walked by people or whatever and uh, had a small conversation. And I was like, hey, like, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Like, I hope you have a great evening. Enjoy the nice weather, you know, and we walk away and he was like, it's like, why didn't you just like propose to them? Why didn't you just uh, your phone number, or, like tell them that you love them or like that you want to be the godfather of their children or <laughs> it's like, it's just what we do. It's what we do in the South. Yeah. Yep. True. Cause I'm, I'm from Texas. So yeah, I, I like I, New York still like, even in some of the craziest times where I just want to leave New York, it still retains its magic for me. There's still a lot of magic here. I've been here for five, over five years now. It's, it's one of the, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like, there's parts of it that are gorgeous and parts of it that aren't, but it's, oh, one of, yeah. but it's definitely one of the most magical it's like any city. Definitely one of the most magical. Mm -hmm. And then, do you have any hidden talents or fun facts about yourself? Um, this is, this is surprising to a lot of people, but I used to, and still would love to, choreograph um, fight sequences. I did, when I was an apprentice, I did a lot of the uh, combat, the stage combat, I choreographed it. Uh, tough and like with weaponry. Um, one of the worst cuts I've ever had in my life was when I was sharpening, well not sharpening, getting the burrs off of a long blade. Ooh, that's fun. Off of a broadsword when we were doing Macbeth. That's, a, that's definitely an interesting fact. <laughs> Fun. It's so fun to do because like it's you can do anything as long as you're not actually injuring your scene partner You can do anything you want and then how do you work on self-confidence in this industry because it's such a tough industry and I feel like you kind of addressed it earlier, but Yeah, I feel like my confidence comes from learning from other people I feel like my confidence and what I like because I am I am very aware that there there's only one me like there might be a bunch of other redheaded belters in the industry but there's only one me and i see it in my peers that like they bring something to their role that only they can bring 
if I were to go into a role that I've been watching them perform for months and months, I still wouldn't play it the same way that they did because we don't have the same experience. So I, I derive my confidence from knowing that and also knowing that I'm, I'm not letting my training ever become stagnant. I am always trying to learn from different people, always trying to have conversations with people in and out of the industry, stretching myself in ways that I can stretch myself, um, figuring out what it's like to write something yourself, um, whether it be good or bad, like it doesn't matter. You've written something yourself and you have a greater appreciation for people who do that for a living. Um, so yeah, I, I, my confidence comes from learning. Yes. Constantly learning and constantly growing. All of us are. Yeah. For it's sure. For sure. It's, it's something that like, I feel like we're forgetting that like, we're not all top tier right now. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, everybody that does live theater is doing it for a very specific reason. And so therefore that brings, and doing it with very different life experiences. And so that brings something incredibly unique too. Like you're never going to not be unique as long as you allow yourself to be. Yep. You're not like trying to be somebody else and you're being yourself and authentic and, you know, honest then you're never going to not be unique. And speaking of life theater, um, this is kind of a depressing question, but then I have a better question afterwards. Okay. What do you think life theater is going to be like when it is able to safely return? Because it is like, because- yeah. I think it's so gonna be more magical than ever. I think that there's going to be incredible new works that come to the surface. I think there's going to be, there's gonna, the hunger is going to be there again enforcing us to stop doing what we have always been doing this pandemic has taught us how much we love doing what we are doing or how much we don't love it yeah like there are going to be people that come out of this that are like you know what i've lived six seven months almost a year without doing theater and i'm okay maybe i want to do something else um which to each their own it's different strokes for different folks but like i feel like it's going to we're never going to feel the same way about theater again, as long as we allow ourselves to remember this and remember what it feels like and how grateful we are to be in a theater again. Yes. And do you think virtual theater will stick around after live theater can come back? Because it's such a big thing. Yeah, maybe it will. And I feel like there are things on virtual theater that you can't really do in live theater. So that's fun too. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like there's, the doors have been cracked and they've been opened and I don't think that they're ever gonna fully shut again. Um, at least that's my hope, that's my hope. And then what do you think makes theater such a special part of the entertainment industry? Because like, I don't, there's really nothing like theater in the entertainment industry, movies and TV, you're watching on a screen. I think that you, as an artist in live theater, you can consistently challenge yourself and others. And it forces you to be, there's nothing like being on stage and looking into an audience that you can't see because like the lights are so bright or whatever. And, and it's, it's the only time that you feel truly, and me, I can only speak for myself. It's the only time that I feel truly at one with, my passion and my love and 
um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I get yeah. it's hard sometimes because I get so lost in like what it feels like to be on stage or what it feels like to create. And it's hard, my, my words can't really keep up or there's not really words that can express it. Describe it yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. special. <laughs> it's, it's such a special medium and a special craft. And it's different. It's different every single show. Like challenging your scene partner is actually forcing them to listen to you. Like not, I'm not condoning changing blocking or anything, but like if your scene partner is zoning out make them pay attention you've got to do something to make them pay attention again yeah yeah the coolest things are born out of those moments now don't be like a butthead and like change a show but yeah what you got to do safely don't change something that works right yeah and then lastly speaking on like the craft of theater and arts and stuff have you been working on anything in quarantine that you'd like to promote yeah i mean I just wrote a dance track. Weirdly enough, I wrote a dance track with a friend of mine. Um, it'll be probably released on his Spotify soon. Um, I can't really promote it yet because there's not really anything to promote. Uh, we've not solidified things, but it'll definitely be on social media. Um, and I'm working on an album. I'm working on like a visual um, kind of like a solo tiny desk concert, but it's not a tiny, it's not a tiny desk. It's similar, it's like an acoustic moment. Yeah, just uh, several little things in the work that are in the works that are very new for me and very vulnerable and very scary, <laughs> but worth it. We'll be it very Yeah. I was gonna say, is there anything that's come out of quarantine that's like really shocked you like have you taken up anything that you never thought that you would do before in your life writing a dance track I was like if I'm gonna write music it's gonna be like this uh I put myself in this box right like we always do I was like it's gonna be this like very acoustic like feel of like honesty and the lyrics are like evocative or whatever and then it the dance track is all of those things actually but uh it's, it's, I'm very excited about it. I, but it's a genre I never thought that I would dabble in. Um, but I'm very, very happy with it. Very proud, very lucky. All of the above. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, I you know you put it up, so you put it up in the universe. Yes. I'll, I'll put a link to it in, uh, in the description of this whenever it comes out. You're the best. Of course. And then where to keep up with what you're doing and to find your work, where can people follow you on social media? I'm on Instagram at krfuller13. Um, I've been very lackadaisical in posting lately. Um, Social media has been a very, very difficult thing for me to cope with as of late. So I've been kind of staying off. But as soon as I have things to share, I absolutely will share them there. Fantastic. So happy. (laughs) And thank you for talking to me on this today. So much for having me. It was such a joy. Such a joy to course. (laughs) Of course. I'm glad I'm glad you could come on and talk with me about it because I mean honestly seeing 
someone like you perform last year in Cats made me really love, like, I got to hear songs that I've been hearing since, like, Broadway Kids albums, and just seeing that come to life on stage and seeing that cast perform was an amazing moment in my life. And that's why we do what we do. So yeah. Thank Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!